Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Increase of Our Reality, Big Dumb Increase, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything. Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 59th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. I apologize in advance for the fact that my throat's a little bit messed up this week, so just bear with me. Uh, this week, I have one of my personal favorite uh, podcasters, Charlie Robinson from Macro Aggressions. How's it going today, man? It's going is, I mean, I guess it's going all right, but it's, let's be honest. <laughs> have you watched our president lately? Have you been on the, you know, on the internet and checking the news? It feels like the wheels are falling off of reality. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I guess everything is fine right now, but it's like calm before the storm. It's like the, yeah. the eye of the storm before more stuff's about to fall. Cause I've been hearing a lot of people saying that they think a lot of crazy stuff's going to happen before the end of this year. Yeah. And, and, and imagine how insane it is to think that right now is the calm before the storm, you know, <laughs> because now seems a little crazy. I've been telling, like, I have, you know, for my, one of my sponsors is like a food preparedness company. And it's like, I'm talking about this. I'm like reminding people that like, I feel like we're in the, 
we're in the calm before the storm. And, and you normally don't get advance notice that the insanity is coming. It usually is just like, boom, 9-11, and then it's, it's there. But, but we have like a, the benefit of recognizing that like things look way crazier or like the supply chain issues take like a couple months of, you know, to, for that whole thing to, to work its way through until it actually gets to you and affects you. You could say, oh, they're shutting down the ports in China. That sounds really bad. That's going to be bad for us. It is, but it's going to be like four months from now. So you get this unique opportunity to take care of some things in advance, you know, and it's just rare that we have the ability to kind of see the tsunami coming. Yeah. The doomsday preppers don't seem so crazy now to people. I've been taking my time to learn how to can, how to ferment, how to do all this kind of stuff. I have chickens in my backyard. Um, we owe the preppers an apology for ever making fun of that. I mean, you guys might've gotten a little, a little carried away. You know, I've watched doomsday preppers and I see you guys with your 8 million cans of tomato sauce, but you're right. You know, like what's the harm in being less dependent on the supply chain or the government or your grocery stores or Amazon or the banks not, you know, like why not take care of this stuff in advance? And like the more that you can do yourself or the more that you can sort of keep in house, I feel like the better, the better off you'll be when things start to get bad. And what's the worst that happens, right? You're, you're ready in case in the event of a natural disaster, let's just say, you know, not, not a, not, zombie apocalypse like we're say, almost, heading towards almost anything though because i mean even just like learning little skills here and there like you know it seems like it's tedious but when shit hits the fan at least you know how to do something like for example i learned how to sew so theoretically like you just bend the needle so if i was ever in a situation where i needed to make like a quick stitch like i would know how to do that now and it's like it's skills that you collect because the, you never know when they might be useful. They'll pop up way later in your life. Even if shit doesn't hit the fan, at least you have those skills and nobody can take them away from you. Yeah, no, for, for sure. There's, there, It's so, I mean, how do you quantify that? Like you've got a marketable skill. If if anything ever goes wrong, you can do this or that. You know how to can. And like, I need, there's, I have a lot to learn about this whole world. And Because I, I always, I thought things were going to get bad, but I didn't think... I don't know. I mean, I just didn't know that it would, it would happen quite this soon. You know? I mean, I feel like after COVID started, it was kind of like everybody was starting to notice all of these lies. So it's one of those things where they just started trying to throw everything at you full blast so that you can't pick apart each thing as it comes. Because by the time you start trying to pick that last thing apart, they're already throwing something new at you. So it's like almost like a distraction to keep you in this fear state because you can't figure out what the hell is still happening with the last thing. I think the government learned a very valuable lesson uh, when, when they locked down Americans during COVID is that it gave them a time to finally stop being in the rat race and look at the very obvious lies of the government. And they went, oh, they're everywhere. It was really strategically uh, idiotic for the government to do that because now it, it gave all these people, all these normies free time to read to figure out what was going on to to actually process the when you're busy and i've been in this world where you're like in that corporate world and you're going to work and you're just all about it because it's just never ending and the emails are coming to your phone and you know and all that stuff you have you really don't have time to 
process the news, like what's happening and everything. I mean, you, and maybe if you're like super into it, but, but if you're just like the casual guy, like when I was working in new home sales and real estate, I was so busy. I, I just, the idea of me like getting into the details of, of some new, some bill that's being proposed, like I just didn't have time for it. But if all that goes away, if, if, if all of that work day goes away and you're now at home in front of your computer all day long, all of a sudden, for some people, it gave them the ability to pay attention. For others, obviously, it shut their brains off. Yeah, the people are like, still wearing masks now, three years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me think of that uh, Yuri Bezmenov video where he's talking about how like, when you brainwash somebody for 60 days in a row with fear, after you know, like on the 61st day, theoretically, you, you, could, you could insert new good news to them you could say oh all that stuff we'd been showing talking about for the last 60 days that's all cleared up it was all wrong you're fine everything's fine we're all good you can go and and they he said it wouldn't matter it, their brains were broken they, they just would never recover from that and i watched a lot of people you know i think go through he, he's given that 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 uh, interview to uh Ed Griffin in 1979, you know, and, and, and it's like, you're listening to it and you're like, this is the best, this is like the most relevant information I've heard in quite some time. And it's 40 years old. I mean, you see it even with like the COVID vaccine that they pushed it along that it's so safe, so effective that they finally released the Pfizer documents and everybody was just like, no, 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 no. That's like exactly what you're talking about. You know, they, they didn't want to prove themselves wrong. You know, like they could read the Pfizer documents and see like, oh my God, this stuff is crazy. It's crazy what they're doing in here. This is insane. But but to, to, to do that is to admit that you've been totally wrong and scared for no reason for the last couple of months or maybe even years. And that's just too much for some people. So they just kind of buy into the lie and they just go with it and or they never question it too much because look, I mean, now you have to you know, they have to reevaluate their whole way of viewing the world. If, if they're not, uh, I mean, what, for somebody that's, that's taken two vaccines, are they really going to examine the vaccine at that point? What if, what are they, yeah. what are they going to find that it's super dangerous? Now what? Say so they can't go back. So it's one of those things that ignorance becomes bliss because they'd rather not know what's going on because they already have it and they can't go back from it. So I think it's just one of those things that people just want to ignore it to make themselves feel better, you know? And and then a step further is they actively defend it. Yeah. Because now they've got to, they're pot committed at this point, you know, they've taken it, they're in, they're on that team. There's no going back. So I might as well be the best vaccinated person ever. And so I'll fucking defend it and I'll fight you and I'll, and I'll blah, blah, blah. And, and I think maybe some of that is projection. I think some of it is that they're, they're secretly not feeling very good about their decision to do that. And they're really terrified and they're lashing out and acting insane because that's sort of like they're projecting strength, but they really feel weakness because they're having second thoughts because it's undeniable that people all around the world are dropping. Yeah. Okay. And they're, and they're, and everyone's going, Oh, I wonder what it is. What could it be? Is it sad? Sudden adult. I mean, it's, it's idiotic. Right. And yet, you know, that this is what it is. There's a segment of the population that refuses to acknowledge it, which is fascinating to watch and frustrating. And then you, 
it, and you just you just watch you just watch what happens. I, I it it is this has been as a writer like the most amazing time to be alive to be to be able to watch how this has this the COVID thing played out. We're like with the media and the government and pharma and the military all working together. It's just been, it's been really fascinating to watch it. It's like watching a slow motion 9-11. Dude, honestly, two years to develop. people are figuring it out too. Cause like, look at the upspike in people doing podcasts like this, for example, too. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like people finally, like it's, it's a good and a bad thing. Cause obviously COVID was never a good thing in the first place, but right. if it wasn't for that, like we wouldn't be able to be sitting here talking about the things that we're talking about now. So in a way it kind of like gave a push for people to actually start figuring out what's going on. And if it didn't happen, then we'd all still be living in this, you know, post COVID world where you're looking at people that are talking about the things that we talk about and you just look at them like they're crazy. And now it's gotten to a point where the world's so crazy that people are looking at us that we would, they would thought we were crazy three years ago. And they're actually going, wow, like you guys have a point now. (laughs) They're saying, explain it. Tell me how it works. What, yeah. Tell me what's going on. So it's like there's three events. There's JFK, there's 9-11, and there's COVID. And in each of these major events that they put forward, there will always be a segment of the population that will rightly figure out that there's something wrong with it. And it's going to open their eyes to if this is a lie, then what else does a lie? So the thing about COVID that is good and there's not much good about it, obviously. But there, if we're going to find something good about it, it's that it always has this blowback effect where it winds up waking up a segment of the population to this fuckery because people, because the story is not very well crafted and there's a lot of holes. And when you start picking at them, you can see it, it, the whole story falls apart and they know that. So there's a segment of the population that are going that's going to wake up to 9/11 because of COVID. Mm-hmm. That had never co- thought about 9/11 before. <laughs> they're just going to go if this is a lie, COVID, which it is because they're they're experiencing it. They're watching the gaslighting from. They're watching people they know fall over dead from the vaccine. They're watching the government say nothing to see here. Uh, Pfizer saying we don't want to show you the documents for 75 years. Uh, you can't sue us. All of a sudden, they're looking at this and they're going. This is a this is an orchestrated heist. This is a like a a crime, a, a war crime being committed, and they see it and they go, "If this is a lie, what else is a lie?" Hey, what about those nine eleven guys that I always thought were insane? Maybe I should maybe I'll watch a video about that. And then they see that and they go, "Holy shit! It's mm-hmm. all that same group <laughs> coming back." Yep. Yeah. And I say they just interchange different people and they keep pushing the same agendas and it's all like a different method of doing it, but it still has the same steps in the process that you like create an enemy, which is what they tried to do with China, which is what they did with the people in the Middle East when it came to 9-11. And then they have a traumatic event that makes everybody freak out and feel like they need to be united and like combined as a country and be patriotic. And then the next step after that is then they keep pushing the fear of like, be afraid of these people, be afraid of this, be afraid of that. And then people just fall into it. And yep. it's, it's just a continuous cycle. Like it, it, there's, there's two things that I've noticed. That's the common denominator, an invisible enemy, terrorism, COVID global warming, the invisible enemy. You can't see it, 
but it's a huge, big threat to you. It's definitely going to kill you unless you give away your rights and give us a lot of tax dollars. That If you do that, then we'll be able to fix it. When you see that, then you know you're on the right track. And also, a, a second common denominator that you will always find is the mainstream media driving the getaway car for these fuckers. Mm-hmm. They'll always cover for them. That's, that is essential to selling JFK, 9-11, and COVID. You have to have full media cooperation. And that's what we've seen. That's where we've seen the lies in conjunction with the Fauci's and these guys getting coordinated interviews where they come in. And it's, that's why social media was deplatforming people. That's why uh, YouTube was deplatforming people. They had, to, they had to protect that message because they knew it was going to be a crappy one. It wasn't very well done because it was rushed. So anything that was like shining any light on it, they had to get rid of that because they knew their story wasn't, wasn't very strong. It wasn't going to hold up to any sort of scrutiny. So that's why we saw all this deplatforming. It's like, I think once people see that and they go, yeah, you're right, man. That is why all these people went away. Uh, then, then, you know, it's, it, it opens them up to the possibility that a lot of this stuff is controlled, that the media is, is very much still in the hands of the intelligence agencies, and that this is all necessary to sell these giant operations. The rest of the time, you know, let the media talk about like Kim Kardashian, they don't give a shit. But when it's some big event like COVID, they just have to have everybody on board with that. And so that's why I call the media co you know, co-conspirators in this whole thing. And that when the Nuremberg trials come, uh, that the media be tried and if found guilty, executed. Yeah. Like they were in the actual Nuremberg trials because they're partners in this crime, maybe even like very integral partners in this. You want to talk about another crime that uh, the media is also pushing too is the whole like woke agenda concept. And it's getting weird to the fact where like we have somebody, I think your name's, Tudor Dixon that's running for governor of Michigan. And part of her campaign is like, I'm going to take wokeism out of schools. Kids need to be learning, not learning about sex or some shit like that. And it's like me coming from like a conspiracy minded type people. I'm like, all right, what is your agenda that you're trying to do? Cause you're clearly trying to get people like me's vote and people like us. That's just kind of showing like we're becoming like a demographic because there's so many of us that they're now yeah. pushing political campaigns to be what we, what we see. And they're trying to like, play that whole role of like, Hey, check it out. I'm your, I'm a good guy. I'm your friend. And you know that they're going to end up flipping the second they get to be in office because they're playing everybody. And it's yeah. like the people that they're trying to play are the ones that aren't going to get played. Cause we're like, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you completely try to destroy your campaign by saying like, that you're against anti-woke idea? You're, you know, have anti-woke ideas. Like it's just weird. Yeah. The woke stuff is weird, man. It's, it's a, uh... I was just talking about this. Um, you know, there's a transhumanist component to it. When when you're when you're taking genders and confusing that, and you're taking your the House of Representatives passing laws in in the summer of 2021, re- making it so that you're not allowed to say the words father, mother, brother, sister, uncle, son, anything, any of those terms that are used to describe a family are now banned. You can't use them in the house of representatives. You start looking at all this and you go, this is like very unhuman thing. 
You know, it's, we're, we're, we're moving away from that. And this woke agenda comes in with the, with all the 57 genders and, and we need, we need to have third bathrooms and it, and it feels like they're trying to get us in a very asexual position. Honestly, where I think to- it's part of toxic population masculinity, control. you know, masculinity is toxic. It's like, holy shit, like anything they can do to get people to not come together especially like in a reproductive way, pushing the trans stuff, no pregnancies, mm-hmm. pride month, you know, everybody's got to make a big, big deal. It's like, so I feel it's like a, it's like a soft kill population reduction. Honestly too. And then they're starting to groom kids with that kind of stuff. Cause then you have yeah. like the kids. That's, a, then in that's the an investment in the next generation. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to worry. Ooh, like you want to really take care of the population. Like let's get these kids young thinking that, Everybody, you can, you can be cake gender. Dude, I was ranting about this the other day to my girlfriend saying that, you know, there's these trans people that'll come into schools and like read books to kids and all these kids will be like, I'm trans. And they're like, oh, I did such a good thing. And then I made the point of like, hey, bro, you come in dressed up like a superhero, read a comic book. All the kids are going to get up and say, I want to be a superhero. doesn't matter what it is. If you make it sound entertaining to the kids, they're going to hop on it. You're not doing something good. You're just, again, pushing them into a certain method of thinking when they haven't even gotten to a point in their life where they're even thinking about those types of things yet. And then once you start rolling the ball on that, you got the woke parents that are like, sure, we'll start trying to do this for you. We'll buy you binders. We'll do all this. Then it's like you're halfway through it. And then you become a teenager and that's when your emotions flip back and forth even more. And it's like, what are you, what are you going to do at that point? Like you can't go back again once you start doing that kind of stuff. Like your body's already been like messed up essentially because you're, you have things that are in your body that aren't supposed to be in your body. Like you got testosterone coming in. If you're a female, you got yeah. um, estrogen coming in. If you're a male, like you can't, you can't really go back from that. Mm-hmm. Like males will start forming like boobs and things like that. And girls will start getting like facial hair and everything. Like, it's essentially if you stop taking the medicines that they try to give you after butchering you up, like you're going to be more of like a half breed than anything because yeah. your body's going to start trying to take back control. Cause as you see with buildings outside, like nature is going to try to take back over as much as it can and it'll just grow around what you tried to do. <laughs> it's, it's a slippery slope. It's a really bad idea. And unfortunately it's been planned long in advance. I got a Tom delay clip from him in 2015 talking about how he's been sitting inside of meetings at the, I think he was the house whip or something. Um, pretty high ranking guy. Uh, no majority speaker of the house, uh, Tom delay, uh, he said that he sat in meetings where they talked openly. They said that they were going to be normalizing 12 perversions, including, uh, um, uh, sex with children and bestiality. See where I'm at. You touch my kid. You're going to (laughs) die. You know, he's, he said he's, he's sat in the meetings where they said that this is what they're going to do. That's 2015. He knew that this was coming. And so you can, you know, in 2016, you hear that and you go, really? Is that, is that sounds kind of crazy. Maybe he's just being, but now look at it. Yeah. And see, they try to normalize it too by changing the words like pedophile has a ring to it. Now they're trying to say, what is it? Um, Minor attracted person. Yeah. Minor attracted person trying to make it sound better, but at the root of it, you're still a pedophile. Why are you whitewashing pedophilia, man? Like, like like these people are like, we need to normalize it. And it's a, it's a sexuality, a sexual preference. It's like, dude, it's sex with children. It's fucking off limits. It's not, it's, it's not a all right. Illness. That's that's under like those any circumstance. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck what your religious upbringing is. It's not okay. 
because your God says it's fine or whatever, not okay. Not, <laughs> touch my kid. I, I take my chances with a jury. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll take my mugshot smiling too. I'll happily go to jail. I don't care how yeah. legal that becomes. If anybody you know tries that, to touch one of my that, kids, it's over. <laughs> you've seen that video clip, right? From the early 80s of the dude who's at the payphone in the airport. Oh, I may have Re- refresh and me. He, and, and they're walking this prisoner off down, you know, through the airport, uh, you know, sort of like airways. And he's handcuffed behind his back and there's two cops with him. And the guy, there's a guy at the payphone pretending to be on the payphone. It's, it's the dad of the boy that that guy raped. And they're See, transporting him to prison. And he hangs that payphone up and pulls out a gun and just blows that guy's brains out. Because that's and what people don't get on, to on live TV because they're filming the whole thing. It's a big deal that this guy's getting like transferred, right? They're like taking him off somewhere. And you just see this guy on live TV just swing. For, and I remember that from years ago. And now there's clips of it going around. And now they've actually made it a meme where you can just see him like hanging up and like they've given him like laser eyes and everything. You can see the gun because you know what he's going to do. Like, it's like the guy raped his kid. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it, it, it came it came about recently because the guy died. Uh, the, the dad died of natural causes, never spent a day in jail. That's what I was going to say. Even if you went to jail, you know that everybody in the jail was going to treat him with the utmost respect. Be a, like he would have had be no a fucking hero. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Send me to prison. Make me the king of the prison. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're untouchable at that point. Yeah. But he did not spend a day in jail and died like a week ago. Wow. And it, and it was like a lot of people were like, oh, man, pour one out for this guy. Yeah, literally. So that- but so but that but that back to this culture of that. And that's kind of what they're they were they're They're wanting to normalize that. They want to get rid of the word groomer on Twitter, you know, um, to which Reddit, the Reddit community being the trolls that they are, came up with the new term predator. (laughs) It is spelled like Reddit predator. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, look. This is a this is a, a hill to die on. And I'll, I'll gladly die on that hill because the good news is, again, too, even after COVID, I feel like people are more willing to take a stand about things. So even when it comes to that, where they start trying to normalize intercourse yeah. with children, like there's going to be, I think this is more than half of the population is going to stand up and be like, no, 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 no. This is going <laughs> to be a fuck around and find out situation for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Chris Hansen saying, please have a seat over there. It's going to be some dad with a 357 who just blows your brains out. Honestly, yeah. And 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 he and he says, "You know what, man? I've seen guilty people walk free. I'm partially guilty, but I think the jury is tired of this shit and I'll I'm willing to take my chances." See, another thing people don't consider too is that like most of the time pedophiles don't get life. So theoretically, like they mess somebody up for the rest of their life and that's something they can never yeah. take back. So whether they have 20 years, 40 years, 50 years in jail, it's never going to make up for what they did and people are going to be like oh it's fine they served their time but it's like no they didn't serve their time because the person that they did this to is going to live with that till the day they die and there's no coming back from that 
Yeah. And see, there's no appetite for that because the people that would make the laws that would keep those pedophiles in prison forever are pedophiles themselves, the people running Congress, you know, the people in, in there and the, in this, in, in that, that whole network of, of dirty money that comes in. These are the worst people in the world. Most of them, uh, sick, deranged lunatics that are allowed to rise to these positions of power specifically because they're compromised and they're compromised with this sort of behavior. And so there's no appetite from them to, to want to like throw the book at pedophiles. Cause they're like, if I ever get caught, you know, that's what they're thinking. So, so it's a weird, it should be like universally just a given that you throw the fucking book at them. And yet a lot of times it doesn't happen. And in California and in the, and in New York, we're starting to see these really weird woke. I did an uh, episode on these woke district attorney weirdos that are really decriminalizing everything and screwing up the cities like San Francisco, obviously you saw there, Los Angeles, Philly, uh, and New York. It's like the, the crime is rampant because they're, they've just, they're like, eh, police, you know, prosecute, file cases, get charges, eh, whatever. Let's, let's try not doing that. And you go like back to mob mentality where you put them in the center of town and you just let people throw rocks at them for a week. Right. <laughs> or right. just push them into general population in prison. See how long they last there. Right. Exactly. Listen, you do that. You do the crime, then you do the time. And if in, and I say, put them in general pop. Yeah. I watched enough national geographic geographic lockup to know what happens. It's not good. Yeah, they try to keep it quiet, but those those type of people almost have a look to them, though, where I feel like people in prison, because half of them are there probably for defending their kids, things like that. Like, no matter how hard the criminal is, nine out of 10 times, like they're protective of kids and they would totally understand that shit. And it's like you could have a gangbanger that killed 30 people. And if somebody comes in, that's a pedophile, like he knows that's a no, no, even though he killed 30 people and he'll go after that guy. Like that just shows that even like the worst hardened criminals are still against that. And that just shows like, why, why aren't the rest of us like that? Like, why, why is it that we're normalizing it when even like the worst criminals you can think of know that that's a no, no. <laughs> Cause there's a sicko class out there. It's the, the Epstein's and the Savills and their clientele and that whole group of wealthy, insulated, protected psychopath weirdos predators you know the predator classes as it's been called um they got a bunch of banked up uh blackmail too because anybody that's been to their islands or anybody that's associated with them like if they did something once i guarantee you they took pictures so at that point like nobody can go back against them because as soon as they try to say hey this person's a pedophile they're gonna go hey look at this picture of you with this kid (laughs) yeah i mean and now you don't now the technology exists it's like you don't even have to have the guy there you can just make it look like he was there so it's like uh, the Epstein's have been replaced by AI, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you can, you don't even need to have that, but you know, that's how it works. You get these guys like Dennis Hastert, speaker of the house was like a notorious pedophile. And he had raped a bunch of his students when he was a wrestling coach and they knew this and he was in third in command. And he was like, everyone's like, how did this happen? It's like, that's how it happens. That's how you, you get, you have to have that guy. You have to have the pedophile guy as the third in command so that you've got him by the balls forever. 
Yeah. You can make him do whatever you want him to do whenever you want him to do it. Are you kidding me? That is the perfect guy. So it's like, everyone's like, well, I can't believe these guys are such fuck ups that, that get into office. It's like, that's exactly why they are in office is because they have these flaws. Like they can't stop fucking their secretaries or doing cocaine or raping kids or some, or some crazy thing. They're like, I can't believe they're, I can't believe there's another one that's crazy. It's like, that's, they have to be, there has to be something about them. See, I think Jimmy, Jimmy Savile was that to the Royal family. Because he was a if you look back on of things, children for the royal family, that is that was yeah. what he did. Yeah. And they, you know how just how they leave that out of the Netflix documentary? Because one thing I've noticed, even with the Epstein one, that if you see a Netflix documentary about a pedophile or even any documentary that's mainstream about a pedophile, it's not going to go hard enough. It's controlling the narrative. That's what they're trying to yeah. do. Because what they did with the Jimmy Savile thing is they tried to make any guilt come off of the royal family. Like, oh, we didn't yeah. know, even though there was all these signs for years and years oh, and years. It, it, and it, same with Epstein. When Charles and Diana were having, I don't know if, if it said this in, in the, and I didn't see the second part. I saw the first part. I didn't see the second part of the documentary, but when Charles and Diana were in the married and were having marital problems, they brought Jimmy Savile in to be the negotiator. Yeah, that they did mention that. And I thought that was really weird too. Cause I think low key, just, just an idea. Maybe I don't know if other people have thought about this, but maybe he was having, intercourse with kids obviously with jimmy savile and diane figured out about it so that's why she had the mysterious you know death was because she was probably going to expose it because maybe she's not part of that thing but at the same time though you know she could have been another gillian maxwell like who knows that's that's exactly what why one of course yeah she she knew what was happening she was by all accounts a really good person I've, I've never come across anybody that I've talked to any uh, other authors or people that have ever said anything bad about her. I you know she's trying think, to expose him then. And that's why that happened. That's kind of my idea. I, I think, I think she was a loose end that had the potential to talk about a lot of things that she saw, including the Savile stuff. She did not like him. That was known, you know, they have a look was, to him too. Like that and, guy. And, and, and people knew like, I don't know if you've heard the 1979 Johnny rotten interview where he's talking about um, he's talking to somebody it, it, during this interview. And the interviewer says, you know, if you could kill someone, uh, Johnny rotten, who would you kill? Uh, who, who would you murder? He says, Oh, if I could murder anybody, I'd murder Jimmy Savile. We all know what he does, you know? And it was like, what the, you know, Dude, so like people knew, especially being that big of a guy and never being like seen with women. Like, how are you going to be that famous? Like, if you're trying to hide what you're doing, you should have at least played it off where he like had women on his shoulders all the time. Just things like that, you know, but he never even had a lady by him. He did all these things where he would like, oh, I'll take them to the next room. And he would like, you know, push somebody by himself. He'd be the one like pulling people out of ambulances. Like the dude's a celebrity. Like what gives him any right to do those types of things? Like it was instantly questionable just off of that aspect. And then in interviews, he was always saying things like, uh, oh, what, what are you going to say when you get to the pearly gates? And he's like, oh, this is a list of all the bad things I've done. Well, I'm going to flip the page and say, but doesn't all this make up for it? Like he said that kind of shit in interviews and people still didn't yeah. catch up on that. Oh yeah. No, it all makes sense now. I mean, you look back on it, Smith's write a song about him, <laughs> you know? So like, this is, uh, it was known. 
in in the industry that that that's what he was doing but that's just you know that's what are you gonna do right that's their thinking is what am i gonna do am i gonna blow the whistle on this shit See, and then the uh, entertainers, it's almost normalized within that, too, because then you got yeah. like all the 90s Nickelodeon stuff where uh, what was his name? The guy that had like the foot fetish and he was touching all the kids that were Nickelodeon stars back in the early 90s, 2000s area. Like it's all over Hollywood to the part where it's like normalized, where it's like, oh, you want this role? You're probably going to have to do something with this guy, even though you're 14 and then you're going to be famous for the rest of your life. So it's like it gets pushed over just because it's so known in the entertainment industry, but like nobody does anything about it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It got normalized. It's really weird. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I think cause the entertainment industry is run by like psychopaths. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there it's, it's a, it's a, it, it's such a, a necessary part that entertainment industry is such a necessary part of like, getting the word out. So you obviously have the intelligence agencies connected to it always have. And, and that I think impacts it a lot. It makes it so that our entertainment is very much geared towards what the people in control want us to believe and what want us to think. And they can hammer if they control the whole industry, which they do, then they can just, they can just bombard you with a message and get you feeling one way. And then you you know you're putting Ukraine flags and you're yeah you start to go Twitter bio <laughs> so, but I mean even with Hollywood too whether it's real or not there's all the like occult ties to it so it's like people would be willing to do things thinking that like I have to do this to get famous because it's part of like a ritual or something like that be it if it's real or not like people are normalizing and rationalizing it in their head thinking that they're doing some type of like occult magic or something by having intercourse with kids or just doing things like that. So it gets like normalized in that aspect because everybody thinks you have to like sell your soul to be famous, so to speak, you know? Yeah, man. Did you see that interview with the Island boys? Remember, or, or I don't know, not interview, but they were one, you know, those, those, those two like white rapper kids that look like sea monkeys with their head, their hair that was standing up. Um, they they were i saw the guy do a like a tiktok video and he's like yo man you know how they're, they're they they sound like they're kind of like doped up he's like yo man i just sold my soul i sold my soul to the devil you know and he's like i feel like i shouldn't have done that and i've been feeling really sad ever since. did you see that video do you know what i'm talking about yeah i have seen it but the funny part is though if he sold his soul he didn't sell it good enough because they didn't get that much fame out of it and everybody doesn't pay attention I, to him now and they have no money <laughs> i was watching him and and and, and I was thinking, man, like if, okay, either this kid is a really good actor or he's, I, I felt very convinced by what he was saying. He acted like very sincere. And I, I, I honestly felt like a little bit sorry for him, you know? See, like, my thing too, is that it's like, you try to sell a car, but it's not really yours. Like there's a lot of different things that like you, you use it, you possess it, but it's not yours. So like yeah. trying to sell your soul theoretically, like if you believe in whatever religion, that would mean that your soul, whatever belong to like whatever God you believe in. So at that point, it's like, do you even, would you even technically have the right to be able to sell your soul in the first place? Or is it more of like exactly. a mental trick, you know, that they know that like, if you believe in all that kind of stuff, that if, uh, 
it, it's you sell your soul. And then at that point, you think that you're already going somewhere bad. So then you do whatever you want the rest of your life. But realistically, it's not that sale that puts you there. It's the fact that you thought you could do whatever you wanted for the rest of your life. That's going to end up putting you there. So it's like a trick that you never yes. really sold your soul in the first place. You just started doing shitty things because you thought that you're going to go there anyways. I've never thought of it like that, but yeah, that's a, okay. <laughs> a little bit out there. I was thinking about that today. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, but look, here's the thing. It's like, we can dismiss it and be like, what? I don't know. I don't know if these people are making it up or not, but they believe it. There's something going on in Hollywood where they honestly believe that they have sold their soul. I've seen some crazy shit. Have you seen the Beyonce video of her sitting courtside with Jay-Z and she's like totally out of it? She's yeah. just rocking back and forth. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, I'm no medical doctor. I don't know shit. I don't know anything, right? I'm just, it's just a, just a, a my humble observation. She looked like she was like in a trance. I mean, that could be part of it too, is maybe all these celebrities and things. It's not something so like religious, so to speak, but it's actually just advanced MK Ultra. And that's what it's yeah. moved into now is that rather than trying to right. control people directly, they yeah. control a small group of people. And in turn, those people have such influence on the rest of society that they're able to mind control the rest of society by just taking control of a handful of people. Right. Right. And it makes the whole operation way easier. And then you're it's not multi level marketing. Of, uh, of, of mind control. Yeah, literally. And it's just advancing too. Cause I mean, if they're already doing those experiments, uh, what back in the sixties, like imagine how advanced they are now going on 60 years later. Like, uh, I, I do a show, uh, called day zero with Lindsay Sharman and, and Lindsay Sharman says that she had, uh, uh, an astral projection or an out of body experience where she went somewhere and she went to a place there that was a like a clone factory, you know, and I'm just trying to, I'm going to relay her kind of her story, but it was like a clone factory. And she said that it, she could see all these big tube tubes and it was all like, they look like presidents. Speaking like, of that, kind of funny have you seen the movie uh what's it called multiplicity is that what it's called the one with uh where the guy clones himself multiple times to try to get stuff uh michael keaton wife? yep yeah 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 i a long time ago i think i saw it yeah i think or i saw a part of it but i have an idea because like they, there's like a degraded versions of himself see and that's my theory on like if cloning is real like maybe Biden is a clone of a clone of a clone. And that's why he just seems to be getting worse and not knowing what the hell's going on too. So like, there's a lot of things that going off of like the sci-fi that goes with cloning that you could see it in real life. But again, it could just be a big ploy as part of the entertainment industry, because a lot of people might be like, Oh, I have a clone like that. What's that? I forgot the rapper's name, but he was like sitting on the couch next to his clone. And it's like, you can't trust the video anymore. And no. anybody will do anything to try to boost their name and become more famous. But at the same time, there's a lot of like weird little things that you'll notice are like different about somebody's face or like Hillary Clinton, for example, like every single time you see her on camera, she looks the same, but different at the same time. Eminem looks totally different to me. Yeah. That's another there's one the, too. There's the bigger version of Dave Chappelle, which it, it seems like a, like a, like a bigger version of him, I, but that could just be, he's working out. I don't know, but he seemed, I don't know. He seemed like he was on HGH or something or maybe <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm interested in it. 
I'm interested in the idea that there that there's actually clones. I've seen the videos of the really well done masks. Oh like yeah, the, the ones where they almost look real, like the ones the government yeah. uses. Yeah, the, the right, exactly the ones that the government uses. And you see something like that, and I I fully recognize. I'm not seeing it live. I'm seeing it on on camera. But you see that, and you go, I mean, I really would never be able to tell that wasn't the person, right? So so is it unreasonable to think that they've got a, a backup Biden? I mean, even the cloning thing, like they're cloning sheep back in the nineties. So like looking at it now, it's 30 years later, like who knows what they could have progressed to. And yeah. theoretically too, like the person's there, they're fine. They take something from them, part of their DNA so they could clone them. And it's almost like, uh, like fruits and vegetables that if you genetically alter it just a little bit, then you can get patent on it and you can own it. Right. So they could be doing the same thing with people, but they're not looking at it as those are people. They're looking at it as like, this is a property that I own and it's an experiment. It's not an actual yeah. person because the person is actually over there. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what I've, I've been speculating about that too. Genetically modified people so that they can make you just one deviation away from human uh, because you've got this mRNA technology in you now and you, and, and what, and everything else that will eventually kind of connect you and make you technically, maybe legally, not human. And if you're not human, well, then now we, it opens you up to all sorts of, all, do these laws ap apply to you? Do you have any rights? You're not allowed to speak. You're not allowed to free speech because you're not technically a human. This is really the free speech thing is for humans and you're not one any, I mean, like think about how crazy that could go. I mean, even Neuralink, they could put that in somebody and then say that they're not a solid human anymore because they need to be upgraded. And then that's a whole other level of control where if you get a Neuralink, they'll say like, oh, you have some bugs. Well, uh, we're not going to update it unless you get the COVID vaccine because you need that. And then it just forces this whole thing where it's like people would need the upgrades because otherwise they'd have technical issues like whatever, like people could hack into something theoretically and like start fucking with your body. Like yep. don't trust putting technology in your body because everything can theoretically be hacked <laughs> yeah man and, and it's it's a it's a it's a very dangerous um, direction they're taking us and i think that people need to recognize where you know like let's not let's not be in such a huge hurry to have an, an extra convenience at the at the expense of giving away some of our privacy or our body or bodily autonomy don't don't allow these people to normalize the threat of saying you can't work here unless you have a vaccine fuck that shit immediately See, they, they try to do it in movies too where i feel like older sci-fi movies are almost trying to like warn of things but people are looking at the stuff that we have now and they're like oh that reminds me of this old sci-fi movie just looking at it from like an entertainment aspect and not realizing that a lot of these old sci-fi writers are trying to like warn people of things and then now they've taken a whole control over the narrative on that where they try to make everything seem normal and like it's super cool and they don't do it in the same like like when you see like advanced tech movies they try to make them with like a happy ending now and make them seem normal where like the old 80s sci-fi is like doom and gloom at the end and that was the intention yeah. like they yeah, try sometimes, to control the narrative to make it sound better sometimes there's a big nuclear bomb at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. you know in the 80s now every everybody has everybody a different gender yeah, talk about flip-flop too, is that like older kids' movies, you had a clear good guy and a clear bad guy. Now they tried to blur that line so that kids can't differentiate the difference between good and bad. 
And then you have sci-fi that would end on a bad note back in the eighties. And now you have sci-fi that ends on like a high, happy note. Like they can totally, they totally flipped and changed like the narrative on how they do things to try to influence people off of that. And then like, I could, you can see through it once you start kind of sitting back and seeing it. Yeah. But it's like, it's scary though, that that shows just, again, like we we're talking about with the whole influencing thing with uh, mind control, like people are so easily influenced through media that you only need to theoretically control a handful of people and you can control the entire population because everybody looks up to those people and wants to be them for some reason, yeah. not realizing they have this whole dark past, all these shitty things they've done. And then you're looking at celebrities and going like, why can't I be you? Like that celebrity killed himself. Like, why would they do that? They have everything in the world, not realizing that that celebrity can't live with themselves anymore because of all the messed up stuff that they've done through their life. And they're not killing yeah. themselves or doing all these drugs just because they're famous. They're doing all the drugs and they end up killing themselves because they're trying to block out all the bad things that they've done to get to where they're at. Yeah, man. Hollywood's a dirty, dirty place. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Disney, you know, they're a part of that. And, and so we're seeing corporations participate in this sort of changing of uh, no, social norms and the normalization of all of this. Um, I see a crazy behavior. amount of gay pride flags that have a Mickey Mouse ears on it. And it's just like you put yeah, the, man. you're looking at it like, oh, they're being progressive. That's how normal people would see it. But you're sitting back and looking at it going, why are you mixing sexuality with a supposed children's movie? Maker? I agree. I agree. It's disgusting. And, 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 um, I mean, it's like it, this, it take that out. Don't try to please everybody. Like focus on your target market. You're trying to appeal to families. So see, and that's what they're starting being, to get towards too, is that people are tired of, uh, the woke agenda and you're starting to see the pushback now, like a bunch of people boycotting the Buzz Lightyear movie. It's like in my opinion, there's not really a need for a romantic relationship in a kid's movie unless it fills into the story which would be like a new character coming to be born or something like that if there's just right. like a couple that's like kissing in a kid's movie just to be progressive it's like there's no need for that because theoretically there's not really a need for even the other side of it because again it's a kid's movie right like <laughs> but when you see it in there then you go why is this in there and then you think oh it's part of uh, there's a push for this. There's a, there's a, there's an interest in normalizing this sort of stuff. And so you go, well, why is that? And they, well, you know, they have, they have an idea about remaking society, you know, so that you see things a whole lot differently than you, than you do now. And part of that is to really start to blur this whole gender line and, you know, really you start to normalize some, some things that have never been normal in the past. Like you see it in like, oh, what's that movie called? It's, I always say it wrong, but Enchanto, Enchant, whatever that kid's movie is. There's like the big butch. Encanto. Encanto, yeah. yeah. The big butch manly sister. Like people yeah. are looking at that like, oh, that's cool. They added a strong woman. But you're like looking at it from the aspect of like, that's not supposed to be a strong woman. That's supposed to be like normalizing like transgender in a children's movie. Like <laughs> it's a girl that's <laughs> extremely manlike. <laughs> like, like I I'm looking past it and I'm just like, I don't know. I can't unsee it now that I've seen it. It's one of those kind of things. And I'm watching all these kids movies with my daughter and it's like certain ones like uh red or turning red or whatever, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my daughter liked that movie. I watched the first time and I'm sitting there like, Hmm, something's off about this movie. And then I look at like the age that they gear it towards. And it's supposed to be for like five, five around five or so. And mm -hmm. uh, the whole idea is like, fuck your parents, do what you want. Like, it doesn't matter what they think about you, which is like, it can be looked at 
in a good way, but at the same time, it can also be looked at in the whole agenda of like destroying the whole family concept and making it so kids are more prone to be like, fuck you, I'm going to do my own thing. And then they're going to fall into the modern narrative and they're trying to push out us older generation people that have the idea of like what nature intended life to be. But once you get so far off from that, they'll have no idea. Like I was talking to uh, my nieces and nephews today and they're like, they, they didn't even want to believe me that people are animals. They're like, no, we're not. I'm like, what are we then like we're, we're we're clearly animals you know like they just they they pull everybody away from like that natural idea of like how things are supposed to be and even in nature like there's gender roles in nature and they're needed like a wolf like two wolves for example the female wolf will act like she's scared and protect the male's neck like she's like hiding underneath but again she's trying to protect the male's neck while the male attacks the other creature that's attacking or even like lions for example like the females they go out they hunt the male protects the uh, the babies like, and it's not really flip-flopped. Like that's nature intends for certain creatures to act certain ways. So why are we fighting so hard to go against what we're naturally intended to do? Like n- males are naturally supposed to be the protectors of the family. That's why we're built the way we're built. So it's like, why are we pushing that away and trying to pretend like masculinity is a bad thing? But when it comes down to it, like that girl's going to want the most masculine man that she can have when it comes down to a life or death situation. She's not going to want one of these little frilly dilly boys, like, She's going to want that tough man that's going to be able to stand up for, you know, and like at the heart, everybody knows it at the bottom of their heart that that's how things are supposed to be. But everybody's fighting so hard to change it. You know, I think it's depopulation. I think that I think that when that's your core value, which is what the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and these groups are all about is depopulation at their core. Then then you invest in this. You say, well, let's we're going to do the chemical stuff to depopulate, but let's see if we can't manipulate society and get them, get them so confused about who they are that they stop having sex with each other and stop populating. I like, got it. Because I just, I just did a whole show on Kissinger's 1974 memo, his depopulation memo. And it's frightening because it, he lays out this whole plan for it, you know, and you read it and you're like, Oh my God, this is like insanity. And so, you know, that that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, they, they state it's a 123 page document talking about their role in depopulating the third world. And they mentioned the countries by name and they meant they show how much money they have for it. And it's wild, man. And so like, after you know that, that that is a, a top secret document that was declassified decades later, you know, once you know that that's a real thing and that that's the government's policy, is that of depopulation in the third world. Then you start to go, oh, I understand. These people are insane. They will do anything. They want to depopulate the third world. They want to depopulate us too. So they get everybody confused about what gender they are and what, you know, toxic masculinity and all that shit. And that works to like make everything murky. Dude, honestly, they're scaring people away from families, even with like the shortages that we're having. Like I was pointing this out on one of my other shows that we went from a diaper shortage. Again, makes it hard to have babies. if You can't get diapers. And then we went into a formula shortage. Kind of hard to feed your baby if you can't get them food. And the next thing after that was a tampon shortage. And if girls can't get tampons, what's the next thing they're going to do? They're going to go on birth control. And then they might only have their period a couple of times a year. So then like right after I was ranting about this. Um, and then the Roe versus Wade thing happened. So it makes people even more scared because they think that, you know, you can go to another state and do what you got to do, like whatever, like your views are your views on that. But everybody thinks that 
they pretty much made it so like nobody can do this anymore so that it scared a generation that doesn't understand what mm-hmm. was actually happening to think that think twice like oh no like if i have intercourse i'm gonna get pregnant and then right after i was ranting about all this like a day or two later kyle ended up sending me a clip that was basically saying uh a bunch of gen z's were basically like scared to have intercourse now and they're trying to look for like other methods and i was like damn it looks like we're going to be moving towards demolition man where people are scared to physically touch each other because they destroyed the family unit and we're going to be putting on like vr helmets to have intercourse with each other (laughs) man it's frustrating because all the energy that they're putting into doing all this shit and creating these agendas could be used for good. You know, it could be used to actually better society and they choose to just make everything miserable. And I hate that. It's just frustrating. Because it's one of those things though, too, that if uh, people are miserable, they just want to go home, watch a movie, go to sleep. Like they do it intentionally so that people aren't looking into things because people are like happy. They want to read. They want to do all this kind of shit. And again, like you're saying, their narrative is going to start falling apart. But if they keep yeah. people in this pissed off, angry area where they're worried about like this person did this to me at work today, like fuck them. And they're mad about it the rest of the night and they get home. They just want to go to sleep. Like keeping people in that negative mindset also keeps them away from figuring things out because they're too busy being pissed off at the world. <laughs> They want, they hate you mm-hmm. and they, and they wish you were dead because you're taking up too much uh, space on their planet. That's how they see us. It's very, it's very frustrating, but, um, but I mean, what are we going to do? Right. We're going to point it out, do what we can talk about it. Um, That's all we can make, do and hope that we wake up the right as people. aware of it as, as we can. So that, you know, if you understand that this is out there and that these people are doing it, then all of a sudden you'll start to pick up on it a little bit more and it's just important to be as informed as you can about like what's actually happening not what the media is saying but like what's really going on so I, it's just you know I, always, I appreciate you having me back on because you know we get a chance to talk about some things that you know you just you're never gonna ever hear on the nightly news I love having you on too. Cause you're always the one that I like, you have the same views as me as far as like society and rants. So yeah, like I love going back and forth. We have a low tolerance world. for stupidity. Exactly. That's what it comes down to too. And it's like, I listen to your show too, of course. And it's like, every point you make is like super solid as far as I'm concerned. And it's yeah, like, I get right. it. And I'm coming from the same viewpoint, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to be as logical as I can and look at the, trying to be as objective as I can. And I understand I, you know, we all have our biases, I try to, I try to just honestly look at a situation and, and, and see if it makes any sense to me. And then the, and I've just been, it's just been nothing but lies from the media. Uh, we, we just get, we're just told, you know, fanciful stories all the time that don't make any sense. And we're expected to trust these people. It's, it's very, I don't know. It it's frustrating, but I feel like, it's kind of like 1985, After, four plus four or no, two plus two equals five. <laughs> yeah. That's there's expect. a lot of that going on. And, and, and I, and I must confess to being a little bit conflicted because there is part of me, not, not a good, not the good part of me, but bad part of me that wants to say like, you know, if you think two plus two equals five, then you can fuck off. And yeah. I don't want you, I don't want you anywhere near me, you know? So I, I would prefer that people just rightly look at that and go, this is crazy. I'm not participating in the two plus two equals five bullshit. And, and, and because 
all of this stuff goes away if we collectively decide that it goes away. And that's the thing. So it's like, they're trying to dumb us down. We're trying to kind of wake people up as, as fast as we can. So I, I hope, think it's going to be I one hope of our those shows things. do something, you know, I don't know how we would ever measure it, but maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe somebody hears something. It's a they, chain of events go, though. Cause yeah, my show's just, still it, relatively new and I've had three or four people that hit me up and said like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. Like what should I do to get started? So it's like, that starts the next chain. And then they yeah. inspire two more people. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's a way, it's a way of waking people up. And if we all become podcasters, like that's fine because that just, shows that how many people there are that are willing to actually stand up and take a stand and say no, finally, because if it wasn't for COVID, I feel like people again, wouldn't have that push to actually just say no, because everybody just kind of floated along with what society wanted them to do. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, uh, more the merrier as far as the podcasters go. Yeah. I want more people to be, to be inspired, to do it, to talk about what they, what they're seeing, what they think is interesting. And, um, and it's a I'm, healthy means to I'm vent glad. Too. What's that? Oh, I said, it's a healthy means to vent in a sense too, because yeah. rather than having all this stuff bottled up inside of you, where you have all that negative emotion, like we we're talking about earlier, like, even if you're talking about not happy things, like you feel better just being able to like say it out loud and actually have people listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cathartic in that, in that way. And, 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 you know, look, probably, probably good to, to, to talk it out too, to sort of see how you feel about things. So I found that like when I had normie friends, I, I ask them questions and get them to talk about what their answers are. And then like halfway through their answer, they realize their answer doesn't make any sense. Like how they thought is like, they, Oh, I never even really thought about that. Or I never really thought to verbalize that. And so I'm trying to do that with my shows, just get people to maybe look at something. You just got to start or, with one small little thing. And then yeah. once they start questioning one little thing, then it spirals down. So like anybody yeah. that you don't think could theoretically be like red or, you know, red pilled, like you just got to start with one little thing that they seem like they're a little bit questionable about. And then you start pointing stuff out and then the whole narrative falls apart for them too. Yeah. 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 But, and, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I feel obligated because I see these things from writing about it. I feel like an obligation to sort of like sound the alarm and say, say like, this is what I see coming. It, it you know, that's same for me too. It's like, I feel like, like I, I enjoy podcasting anyways, but it's one of those things that once you get rolling, you almost feel like in a sense, you're doing like a public service and it's like just being able yeah, to say the things that you weird. believe in. I, and I don't want, yeah, I feel the same way. And I don't want that to come off as like snotty or anything like that. But yeah. I, 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 I just feel like a, like sort of like a, a, an obligation, like, Ooh, like if, if I knew that things were going to be really bad and I didn't say anything like, Ooh, okay. That's not great. <laughs> I mean, you, you also make people feel better too, because there's a lot of people out there that True. feel like yeah, they're yeah. the only one that thinks this certain way. And yeah. then once they start listening yeah. to these podcasts, they realize there's a million yeah. other people that are thinking that right. way. So in right. a way, you're also helping other people out to not feel so alone. And they make, you make them feel like uh, it's okay to have the thoughts that they have. And they don't need to like repress them because everybody in the rest of their world is woke, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's important to know you're not alone and that you're not crazy. Yeah, exactly. What you're seeing, you you're seeing, you're like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, you're seeing it. You're seeing it, and you're right. Don't 
let them, they're going to tell you you're nuts for, you know, they're going to tell you, don't believe your eyes. That's the old Orwell thing. But, but that's, they have to do that when they're the little group and you're the big group, they have to get you to, to work against your own self-interest and believe things that aren't true and be scared all the time. And if you know that, it makes you less susceptible to it. So that's, that's just really my point with this. It's like, here's some information, do with it what you will. But I think if you know this, you're going to be less likely to fall into these traps. These, these motherfuckers are setting because they, they, they have to do that in order to control large groups of people. And they're very good at it. Let's be honest. They're very good at what they do. They know how to, to get us controlled. So like understand the game and avoid it. Yeah, exactly. And then connect the dots. And that's what people are starting to figure out about. Cause now it's not like a pull for not having enough information. It's more having the ability to sort through information and not because we have endless information at the, at our fingertips, but now it's a matter of like, what's real, what's not. And people are starting to develop that ability to be able to differentiate like what's bullshit and what's actually real. And yep. that's, you know, what we're sitting here trying to point out and just connecting dots. It's, it's, it's what, because once you start thinking about it and once you start analyzing things, you get better at recognizing them. You know, you get better, you see that you start to see the same names or you start to see these patterns. You start to get better at reading through all the bullshit. And, um, you know, I, I just personally want to know what's, I just want to know how it all works. I want to know, I just want to know what I'm up against. That's all. I'm very curious about that stuff. So I don't have any sort of un, unrealistic expectations that we're going to like fix the world or anything with our, our shows. But, but like, I feel like if we can have the conversation at least about it, like who knows where that leads, you know, people start thinking about this whole situation differently and, and maybe that's, that's how things change. Cause as they say, you don't need to change like 51% of the people you need to change like 3%. That's what they say when they're talking about cha- making cultural revolutions in countries. They say you really only need about 3% of the population to turn in order to get them. So if you can wake up 3%, theoretically, that has a domino effect that wakes up the rest. So, you know, so we look at like where we are in 2022 with Biden fumbling and everything is sort of, it seems like the wheels are falling off. It's like, well, maybe this is what it's going to take to wake up that 3% to uh, what's going on. And then, and then things will change. So, yeah, it's got to start somewhere, but I guess that's a good point to start uh, wrapping up the show a little bit. So sure. I know you did it before, but I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So it may be different. It may be the same, but what would your words of wisdom be to the listeners today? Well, listen, don't ever trust the mainstream corporate horror media on anything. Okay. They are there to deceive you. They are very good at their job, despite their, you know, we catch them making mistakes, but they're very good at creating these narratives. Uh, stay away from them or, or, or at least maybe watch them to under, to hear what they're saying, but just understand that they're selling you a false reality and it's, and it's deliberate. So be very sensitive to that and, uh, and, and get as much money as you can out of your banks. <laughs> Dude, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that too, is that the Huntington's in my state, which sucks because I have Huntington, uh, the last two weeks, no matter what Huntington I go to, their withdrawals don't work. So I've been theorizing about there being 
another issue where they're trying to push out money because then they could track every dollar that everybody spends because it's all digital at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you definitely want to try and get your, um, your assets held in something that isn't denominated, you know, in, in, in dollars pretty soon. I mean, Say, I the dollar get them skills. Be- Cause that, 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 that'll take you a long way in the future yeah, when you yeah. can do a lot of things that people, other people can't do. Like that's sure. just as good as currency. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So just, I just be, my, my words of wisdom would be, be a little bit paranoid. Like you're allowed to like, allow yourself to be a little bit paranoid and say, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to take some money out of the bank because I think that's a good idea. Uh, I'm not going to listen to the mainstream media because I think they're pathological liars. Uh, and I'm going to be very distrustful of anything that comes from the pharmaceutical industry. You yeah, know? Tr- trust and, your and, gut feeling. If something's yeah, off, like yeah. question it. <laughs> and yeah, and if you have those, and if you, if you are weary of those institutions, uh, it, you're not alone, okay? There's a lot of people that understand what you're, how you feel because the, you know, these are very, the pharmaceutical industry is very, very dangerous. You know, we need to be, we need to be aware of that. And um, because we're about to face like a media barrage. Yeah. Tied to pharma with, you know, the pushing of more vaccines and things like that. So it's like, just, just know that the fear campaign is going to ramp up because they're in, they're pot committed on this, this idea of scaring the shit out of you with a virus. And, and so it's, it, 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 so just get ready for it. So you got to hope that people will stay on their ground when it comes down to it instead of falling in, but um, don't, don't fall for the bullshit for uh, anybody that enjoyed the show. uh, Where are they coming to find you at? Uh, Macroaggressions podcast goes out twice a week, once as a monologue, once as a video interview, uh, you can find it in video format on band.video, Iconic, Rockfin, and Odyssey. You can find it in audio format wherever podcasts are available. And you can follow me on Twitter at Macroaggression. And the website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. I have books available for sale there. Uh, and information, we're going to be building out a new website pretty soon. But uh, for now, that's the spot. And thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I had a lot of fun talking to you today. Yeah, me too, man. It was good. We'll have to uh, get together for a third one in a couple months. You know, for sure. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, for all the listeners that enjoyed, I'm glad that you're still sticking around. And I guess I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.